podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. Good afternoon or good morning, that is, uh, you all. Hope you all are doing well out there. I am not. Uh, just so you'll know. I, uh, you, you guys know I kind of live my life here with you guys. and um, So I've been dealing with my foot issue. And all I dealt was with pain all weekend, uh, knee pain, thigh pain, hip pain. It was all because I'm overcompensating. So uh, it's been kind of uh, it's been kind of rough. I don't think this will be much a very long show, to be quite honest, because I don't have my usual energy to be quite to be quite honest. Uh, but uh, I'm going to do the show anyway, and we'll get through it. And uh, David Peronis will join us at 1030. Obviously, your questions and comments and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, we'll get through that. And uh, I'm sure we'll uh, be able to talk about uh, several things going on in sports. Obviously, Super Bowl last night. And uh, Kansas City won 25 to 22. Thank you, Pat Mahomes and company, for making me a little money in the AFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl. Uh, if you're going to, I think at one point I took. Uh, Kansas City plus seven in the game. So I took it one plus one and a half and plus two to start off the game because I felt like Kansas City would end up, you know, pulling it off and winning. Um, and then as uh, San Fran then took the lead, then the it became, I think it was four and a half or five. I forgot which one. I'd have to look it up now. But four and a half or five came up. I took it right away. And then six and a half and seven came up, and I took the seven right away. So I love the live line. The live line is a beautiful thing. So if you want to keep giving Pat Mahomes points, then uh, I'm going to keep winning some money off of you. That's just kind of the way it's it's going to go. So uh, we uh, we got our game yesterday. Um, I mean, the Shanahan thing, you know, lead in the last Super Bowl, lead in this Super Bowl. They had the 25-point lead when he was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, and they chose not to stick to the run. Here it was a little different. Here I almost felt like the, their, their issue was that they settled for too many field goals. And when you're playing Pat Mahomes, you you can't, you know, you, you just can't. I think it's three field goals that the, the guy hit for San Francisco. And he hit some long ones, which he's not necessarily the most reliable kicker out there. He did a nice job overall. But um, I, you, you, when you play people like that, you got to score touchdowns, man. You got to score touchdowns. And, you know, it, it's funny because the game for the Chiefs mirrored their season. Um, they had trouble... Um, you know, early on in the year, they had a lot of trouble. Guys were dropping passes, were making all kinds of mistakes. Mahomes was frustrated as hell. They weren't winning as many games as they were later on in the season. And and this game was the same way. They had to have an offensive and a team and a defensive meeting because they were killing themselves. They were committing all kinds of stupid mistakes. And they were kind of, you know, setting themselves back. And finally, they got the wake-up call, and they figured it out. And and in the second half, they were able to play better football, and, you know, they ended up pulling it off. But 
It, it, it's interesting how the game mirrored the Kansas City season, which started off rough and then obviously ended on a much stronger note. And the same way this game started off rough and then obviously ended on a much stronger note. So it's just uh, kind of interesting how the game and the season for Kansas City were were one of the same. Mahomes was 34-46, 333, two touchdowns and an interception. Brock Purdy didn't play bad, man. He played good. It's just they only scored one touchdown. And he only threw one touchdown. And you just got to do more. He was 23 of 38 for 255 and a touchdown. You know, uh, just one of those where KC ends up being the better team, you know, in the end. And you get the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Hey, by the way, did you uh, did did Jackson Mahomes get arrested there, Sean? Have you seen anything? Okay, that's a progress right there. Because it was reported over the weekend that Jackson Mahomes was hanging out with Kelsey's ex. So not that they were an item, but they were probably hanging. Who knows? They were probably, you know, doing some crap because people will you know, ask uh, D-listers to show up for certain things. I don't know why anybody would want the Mahomes brother, you know what I'm saying? But Jackson did not get arrested, so that is progress for Pat. He's At least he doesn't have to deal with that, you know what I'm saying, uh, besides winning the, uh, the Super Bowl. Anyway, so uh, just uh, interesting commercials were fun. Uh, they weren't most of them sucked, but there were a couple good ones. I enjoyed the Tom Brady one, Marino and Messi. Obviously, that was super cool, you know. So there were a, there were a, a couple of uh, of um, of commercials that were pretty decent. Most of them, again, weren't weren't that weren't that good. Um, and then the names that were at the Super Bowl. Obviously, hell, when they showed that suite. You know, you you see uh, Taylor there and Lana Del Rey is, which I wouldn't have known it was Lana if it was Del Rey and Ass Spice was there also. Ass Spice was actually hanging out with uh, with Taylor the entire time, and then there were other people there. They showed this other suite um, where Guy Fieri and like. Like a whole bunch of like famous people. It was uh it was trippy. I would imagine that a Vegas Super Bowl is like no other. Probably brought out more stars to that Super Bowl than any other Super Bowl out there. But that was uh that was uh trippy, man. That was uh that was good. That was good. It was uh it was fun. We got an overtime and everything. <sighs> Interesting. Kelsey, by the way, had nine receptions for 93 yards. Uh, I did I did enjoy the halftime show. I thought they did a great job. Alicia Keys, oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Wow, Alicia Keys. Man. Swiss Beats is like Applebee's. He's eating good in the neighborhood, bro. Uh, that's all I got to say. Damn. Alicia Keys. Damn, Alicia Keys. Wow. That was uh that was impressive. Uh, the only thing I thought it was kind of low the audio. I don't know if it was the way they 
sent it out or whatever, but it was a little low. That's the only thing that I thought was uh, a little bit off. But outside of that, you know, it was an entertaining night. It was fun. It was fun. Oh, let me see what we got here. Steve Chapman is uh, first. He says, up here in Boston, fans are freaking out because Mahomes is a threat to Brady's GOAT status. Yeah. I don't know why they would be worried about that right now. Get a life. That's what I would tell anybody. Get a freaking life. Just like the idiots that are freaking out with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. It's like, dude, get a life, bro. Who gives a shit who she votes for? We're all going to end up voting for somebody, or we're all going to vote for somebody we really don't want anyways, but we're just voting to vote. So who cares, dude? It's just like, it's just stupidity. Crypto Fins is in. Popeye is in. Steven Gonzalez, Ray Sosa, Costa Nostra. Um, great effort. Yes, uh, I agree, Joseph. Great effort yesterday from the Jimmy Butler. Less heat. Fell short, though. Yeah, well, that's because you don't have a star on the team. You know, you could tell me all you want about Bam Adebayo, but Bam Adebayo. Are we done with that already? Are we done with that? Like, are, are you... Am I not going to get those people anymore telling me he's a franchise player and he's a superstar? Because, you know, I've been telling people for a long time now, he's a very good player. Very good player. He's not a star. And how many times does he have to prove it over and over and over and over again? And this is why they've had a great run and they don't get over the hump because there's not another star next to Jimmy. So if he takes a night off, there's not another star that can step up and become the guy. And, you know, that's the, that's the sad part about it. Brooklyn Rob is in the house. Good morning, Big O and Sean. This is always depressing time of the year. Thank God I have the Panthers and Inter-Miami to cure the football blues. Amen to that. Uh, Joseph is in. Uh, let me see. Cosa Nostra. Um, Barry Schauben. Is in Las Vegas. Nice. Good for you. Uh, you know, now I'm, I was thinking about this. I'm, I'm talking with my wife about this over the weekend. It's like, if the Dolphins would have made the Super Bowl, I wouldn't have had my operation. I would have gone with my foot in quarter zone and hope that it doesn't flare up. But real big risk in Vegas because any anybody that's been to Vegas – there's one thing you do in Vegas, whether you like it or you don't, you walk. You walk and you walk a lot in Las Vegas. Okay. That is automatic. So I like, you know, they say everything happens for a reason. Well, maybe it's interesting how it happened for me that I didn't end up going. And you think about it, I wasn't in shape to do that. You know what I mean? And who knows if my foot flares up while I'm at, I'm I'm in Vegas and brother, you're not gonna go anywhere then in Vegas. I would have to like rent some kind of a scooter or something, you know? Be crazy to do something like that. But it's wow. So GP Trap is in the house. Popeye is in. He says Tua will be next year's Super Bowl MVP. I like that. Uh, let's see. Raptor Jesus, Cash the Jeweler, 
True Finn fan says, last night we saw the difference between a great QB taking over with very little weapons in the Super Bowl and a game manager that you build around. Hopefully, Coach learns how to stick with the run. Yeah. Um, I, but if you watch the last drive or two, it wasn't really about abandoning the run. They just didn't make the plays, man. And the, and the penalty also, you know, set them back and made it like a second and... 13 or 14 or something like that it was so it, it just mistakes were were also a problem for them you know down the stretch alexis palenzuela one-eyed jack is in horn dog um kyle cockrell lofi aaron hernandez d laz ray varnicus taylor the chiefs just find a way to get it done not fancy just excellent yep that's right Josh is in, J.C. Norville, Hunter Butler, Omar Lopez, Manuel Goico. The foot's doing all right, bro. Thank you for uh, for asking, Manuel. The foot is all right. It's just been, you know, considering that they told me that be prepared for, like, you know, some some real pain from your foot, I have not gotten any real pain from my foot. Like, there's a presence you know, that, okay, my foot has been operated on and it's there and, but there's no pain. But, and, and, and listen, this is like doing weights. I would imagine like somebody out there that might be a doctor. Listen, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't have a tendency of arguing things. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty good about just saying, I don't know. And I don't know about medicine uh, or, you know, the physicality of it. But I think what's going on with me is just that I'm carrying a dead leg and swinging it around all over the place. And so my knee and my thigh and my hip have carried that whole weight. And since I'm completely out of shape, those muscles have worked like they've never worked before in years. And so all the pain that I'm getting is from that. You know what I mean? So I would imagine that in another week or two, I shouldn't have upper leg pain. Not sure now. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But that's what I'm guessing. The, the wife's going to call the doctor today to mention what's been going on with me. But I think that's what's going on because I'm carrying that heavy ass brace around my leg. And so then, you know, and you got to move your leg everywhere and lift it and everything. And so I think that's all it is. It's just normal wear and tear from my from my leg but the interesting part is i got nothing and by the way on the painkiller front i took a percocet i took a percocet on saturday because my wife was like you know you didn't sleep much at all on friday night and i i i, I didn't sleep much last night either i might have slept maybe an hour an hour and a half total last night i just my problem is I'm a side sleeper and I cannot sleep sideways with my, with my leg. And then because my knee is hurting, right? I, I, uh, I'm the, I'm the guy that sleeps. Um, what's that called? Um, when you're, uh, when, uh, when, like when a baby's in the womb, like they're, they're curled up. That's kind of the way I sleep. I sleep sideways and my legs get curled up. Woo doggy. I can't sleep sideways because if I curl up my legs, I see stars with my right knee. So if I if I lock my knee and I close it up, 
when I open it, I am just like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, oh, shit. You know, it hurts, bro. You know, it's just like one of those stinging ass pains. It's like it's a stinger, bro. It's a stinger, a stinger in my hip. You know, it's just a stinger in my thigh, a stinger in my knee. So we're going to ask the doctor today. You know, it's again, I'm not an expert. I'll tell you, unlike, you know, some of you out there that want to argue with me about Bitcoin and you don't know jack shit about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. And it's like you've never taken a minute to like study it. So why would you know anything? Oh, no, but it's a scam. Okay, so how do you know it's a scam? Well, I heard somebody else say it. Okay, great. So I have no problem. Sometimes I frustrate my wife with that. What do you think about it? Well, I don't know anything about this kind of stuff. Oh, damn it. You always say that. And I go, what do you want me to do? Talk to me about sports and music and crypto. Okay? You know, there, I, I, I can excel in a couple subjects for you. There's a shitload of other subjects I ain't going to excel in. Sorry. Forgive me. How is the market doing, by the way? Oh, baby, Bitcoin's at 49,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All-time high now. I mean, late the newest all-time high. We'll, we'll pass the regular all-time high of 67, 68, whatever it is. That's coming up shortly. That's nothing. That's, that's, that's kids' play. I'm looking forward to 100,000. That's, uh, that's when it starts getting interesting. And everybody starts going, well, I should have invested in that uh, Bitcoin thing that people are talking about. So we'll hit 50 today. That's good. That's good, bro. Hitting 49,000. Love it. Remember, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. And you can also make a Bitcoin donation. That's Cash Big O Show, Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. Uh, let's see what else. King Chile. Because that's the formula. Big tight end, good defense, good run game, short game is important. Of course, dude. And they will get the tight end this year. They've tried the first two years. They'll get a playmaking tight end, I believe. Lenny Pena is in. Ryan AP feels like can breathe again. Note that the NFL season is over. Shang Tushung. Oh, Andy Reid's a genius, bro. That play call to win the game, brilliant. It was McDaniel's play. With a tweak he made, the wide receiver go in motion, then reverse. Brilliant. Yep. Yep. And it and it was Nicole Hardman. And the other thing about that story is Nicole started his season with the Jets. Because he went in free agency and he went to go get that money, right? Like Tyreek came to get the money. And he's got to be going, damn, uh, money or two championships. Because I still would have gotten good money from Kansas City, not great money like I got from Miami, but I'd have two Super Bowl titles. I'd have three overall. You know, you got to have some regrets there. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be some regrets there. But Mecole was with the Jets. 
And so it shows you that sometimes chasing the money isn't everything it's all cracked out to be. Now, Miko Hardman has been a complimentary receiver his whole career. So going to the Jets and getting some extra money, it's money he probably wouldn't have gotten from Kansas City. But it all worked out for him because it didn't work out for him in New York. He gets out of there and he ends up getting picked up again by Kansas City, who was having all kinds of receiver issues. And he has the game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. You know, so it's pretty cool that he was in a terrible situation with the Jets. And it shows you also that free agency, while it's great for your wallet and your bank account, it may not make you happy professionally. You know what I'm saying? Um, I doubt it'll ever happen, okay? Because I have no interest in it. But let's just say, for shits and giggles, a radio station said, hey, man, we want to bring you back to radio and we're going to pay you well. And I would say, well, you know, yeah, it's not going to make me satisfied. So if I go and I take the job, I'm taking the money, but then I have to take all the bullshit that goes with it. That's not fun. It's not something you really want. So it's something you got to think about. When you're in a great situation, is it worth taking all that money and you don't know what situation you'll be? You're getting your stats here, but you didn't get two Super Bowl championships. So there's got to be serious regret with Tyreek Hill. There has to be. He won't admit it. You know, I, I saw him over the weekend. Oh, we're doing fine, and we're, we're, our time will come, and on the no excuses stuff and all that. I saw it all this weekend. Big deal. Yeah, that's all talk, and none of that shit means a damn thing to me. You know, but come on. It's only human nature that you're not second-guessing yourself when the team you left wins two titles. You know? That's uh, that's it's odd. Oh, what's your take on the Kelsey push and shouting at Reed? Intensity, brother. It gets the best of you, best of me. Uh, sometimes, you know. So you can't do anything about that. Was it the right thing to do? No, of course not. But water under a bridge. They've been through hell and back. He's come through for him. The coach has come through for the player. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to look. He's intense and wants to win and wanted the ball. That's all. It's not a big deal. I'm not, I'm not going to lose my shit because of that. Uh, and, and this, the other thing, when I saw that push, that it was like he wanted, you know, like, yo, man, don't forget me. I, I want, you know, it's almost like I kept thinking to myself what I've been saying for a while. He's retiring. And he needs to end on a high note because if they lose, it's not the way he wants to retire. So, and I don't know, maybe he doesn't retire and he continues. We'll see. But that intensity of that moment, that's what came to my mind. Oh, shit. Maybe he is going to retire and he really wants to end this on a high note with a championship. I don't know. Uh, Chad is in. Ray Sosa says there was a commercial with some of the characters from Suits. Yes, yes. Yeah, the the one in the uh, the in the garage. Yeah, yeah, that one actually was all right. That one wasn't bad. I like that one. That one was pretty good. 
Uh, by the way, my man Jack Dorsey was in the house. If you looked at um, Beyonce and Jay-Z, there was a guy sitting right next to him. He's got a goatee, and he had a Satoshi shirt on. Satoshi is the man that created Bitcoin. And he, uh, Jack Dorsey, is the guy that created Square. Okay? Blue Sky, which is that new uh, social media, that's also his. And Circle or something else, he's got some other big company. And he's also a huge Bitcoin guy. Okay? So, um it was pretty cool to see the Satoshi shirt there and he's hanging out with Jay-Z and, uh, and Beyonce. God, Beyonce. That is, that's beyond beautiful. Like, I don't know what's beyond beautiful, what word we use, but that's Beyonce. Like she is just, if not the most gorgeous woman in the world, She's right up there, number two or number three or whatever, because, man, that woman is good looking. Holy shit, that woman is good looking. Wow. Whew. Amazing. Gus Gus is in. Les Jam is in. Walter Olivares. Gordon Shumway. Giovanni Acaris. The audio was super low for, okay, so it was for you also, right? That's the only complaint that I would have for it the, the 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 whole performance usher was amazing my god alicia keys was a goddess dude um beyonce made a space suit look hot you know you're hot when you can make a space suit that is covering every inch of your body hot that's just not normal. A woman is not supposed to make something look hot when she's covered up all the way to the gills. And Beyonce is the only one in the world that can make a spacesuit freaking hot. Now, I know it wasn't your normal spacesuit, but she's not your normal woman. You know what I'm saying? Big old kudos to Patrick Mahomes. He has level over every QB in the NFL right now. Amazing game. He's up there with the greats. Oh, yeah. Paul in Connecticut is also loving Alicia Keys. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. That's all I can say. The Casanova pugilist says, until we get rid of Tua, uh, we ain't winning anything. Well, there you go. So I guess you there's no reason for you to watch. Because they're not getting rid of Tua. So no reason to watch, my brother. No reason to watch this show. No reason to watch the Dolphins. There's nothing to talk about. It's over for you. Move on, young man. Move on. Uh, just sucks to see the Heat getting swept in a season series by the Celtics. They're not better than the Celtics with or without Butler, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, Nico Jones, I was rooting for the 49ers due to Brock Purdy, Marino Connection, plus Brock's dad, was a pitcher at UM. Lisa Rose is in. Jermaine says Alicia Keys' performance is very impressive. Well, I mean, it's Alicia Keys, dude. <laughs> uh, there, uh, when it comes to Alicia Keys, there is nothing but impressive with Alicia Keys. Her talent is forget her beauty, and she has, and she looked 
smoking hot. Okay. She did. But her talent is elite. Her talent is, you know, something that never surprises me because all of her performances are exceptional because she's exceptional. She's just at another level. Christian is in. Uh, Lisa Rose listening here is COVID quarantine. Listening in here is COVID quarantine. Are you you're quarantining yourself right now? Is that what you're saying? Casanova Purdy is a system QB. Everybody is a system player, my brother. Just so you'll know, we've had this conversation before, but just so I can remind you, that's a stupid ass statement. Okay, stop making those statements. It makes you look stupid. Okay, everybody is a system quarterback. Do you think Lamar Jackson can play in a pass happy offense where he's a pure drop back passer? No, his system is running. He's a system quarterback. Josh Allen, do you think you can keep him in the pocket permanently and not have him run? No, because that's not his system. His system is he has to run in order to be effective as a quarterback. So are we going to have Brock Purdy run Lamar Jackson's offense? No, because Brock Purdy is a precision passer. So his style, right? Lamar can't play his style. He can't play Lamar's style. Some corners, they can only play in zone. Some corners can only play man. Some corners have the talent to play both. Some corners can only play outside. Some corners can only play inside. It's part of a system. You run a zone scheme, you're drafting this guy. You run a man scheme, you're drafting the other guy. Okay? So if you're going to have a a pass-catching back, Jedrick McKinnon, right? The kid yesterday former Viking and all that. He was a former Niner, and he was with the with the Chiefs yesterday, right? Jedrick McKinnon, right? So would you grab him and then use him as a power running back? Or is that not his system? Or is he more of a pass-catching back? He's not really a running back. He's really more of a receiver out of the backfield. Everybody pretty much is a system. Once in a while, you have certain guys that can alternate and play two different systems. Pat Mahomes is the only guy in the NFL that can truly run. If you wanted to run, maybe not like Lamar because Lamar is a freak. Nobody anybody run like Lamar. But everybody's a system. Now, Mahomes is one of the few guys that can play purely drop back or drop back slash run like you do with Lamar and Josh Allen. So when those of you out there keep saying, because I understand it's a lazy term that someone said, and you're just repeating it, but you never really looked at it. Everyone is a system player. Everyone pretty much. Now, you can get a George Kittle, and you can make him a blocking tight end, and you can make him a pass-catching tight end. Now, not all tight ends are like that. Okay, but more, more, more often than not, they're either pass catching or they're blocking. So they only fit one part of your system. So when you start saying Brock Purdy is a system quarterback, 
it's fucking stupid because everybody is in a system. You, you as a coach have to figure out what system that player belongs in. And that's what great front offices and coaches do. They don't put Jamar Fletcher in a man-on-man scheme. That's why you got to know what you're drafting and what your system is. So you're running a man-on-man scheme, and I'm drafting a zone corner? And so Jamar Fletcher failed here miserably. But he ended up having a half-decent career. Why? Because they put him in the right system. And he was at least, I believe he was a serviceable backup zone corner is what he ended up becoming towards you know most of his career for a few years. So when you say this player or that player is a system whatever, you're sounding fucking stupid. Let's just be clear on that. Everyone is a system, and you got to figure out what they are. Okay? Some D linemen fit in a 3-4. Some don't fit, and they got to go to 4-3. Right? Oh, this guy's too smallish. He can't hold the point. So he's a 3-4 guy. Linebacker. Not an end. Okay, on a 4-3, he can play a little end. System. So that everyone is a system. So stop saying that because I just want you all to know you sound stupid when you say that. The job of the front office and the coach is to figure out what system that player fits perfectly in so that player can excel. That's really what it's all about actually. All right, let's do it. David Ferronis and our Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins and NFL report. All rise, football fans. As the Welt and Realm Miami Dolphins report with David Ferronis is in session. Welton Rayom has more than 62 years of litigation experience handling insurance disputes. They are committed to resolving even the toughest insurance claims quickly. Call them for a free consultation. 954-966-4646. Here's Miami Dolphins insider, David Ferronis. All right, all right, all right. How you feeling, baby? You feeling good? Doing well. Coming off Super Bowl Sunday. It was a, a very entertaining game. Uh, Got a full overtime after the uh, after the regulation, so a lot of extra football. That was fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a slow game. Yeah, you know, it kind of started kind of slow, and then obviously as time ran out, the drama built because it was such a tight game at that point, and then that's when you know everything took another turn. So it was uh, it was cool to see, but um, it just shows you also that. You know, Mahomes is as special as it gets, dude. And that's that that doesn't matter. Tyreek is sitting here watching them win two Super Bowls without him. You know what I mean? And that's gotta be a little bit of a bitch for him. I know he he played it off on, on social media over the weekend, but uh that's that's the most important player in and I'm I'm not breaking any news here, enlightening anybody. Everybody knows that the dude that touches the ball on every single down is the most important. And when you've got that guy, every, you have a chance every single time, dude. He's just yeah. amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible when uh, a talent like Tyreek Hill, who um, by, by and large can be considered the greatest at his position. And uh, last couple of years, I mean, especially this past year, 1799 was the league's leading receiver. He goes to another team, uh, record-breaking contract. And then that former team is still able to replenish uh, what it needs. Even if it struggles at that position with the wide receiver struggles that they had throughout the year, they put it together as the season goes. And when you have a guy like number 15, Patrick Mahomes back there, he's able to make up for whatever deficiencies you have on this team and just somehow put it together. And they end up winning the Super Bowl after all the struggles throughout the year. When uh, and, and underdogs is three on three different occasions throughout the postseason run and uh, to win it. This, this one's the most remarkable for him. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. You know, if you think about it, I talked about this earlier. The game mirrored the Kansas City season. The Kansas City season started with all kinds of turmoil. Their offense was shot to shit. Receivers were dropping balls left and right. Mahomes was frustrated. They were making mistakes. They were shooting themselves in the foot. And then they got the wake-up call against the Raiders, and then it kind of turned around for them, and they started winning games and started getting it done. And, and the game yesterday was the same thing. It started with all kinds of turmoil. They were making all kinds of mistakes. They had to have an offensive and a defensive team meetings, you know, to kind of straighten all this shit out. You got Kelsey freaking yeah. out on, on Andy Reid on the sidelines, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's 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 interesting how the game mirrored the Kansas City season, that it all started in turmoil and then it kind of ended up well. And they always are coming from behind. Uh, both times against the 49ers have had a 10-point deficit. This one, a lot earlier in the game, it was, uh, it was only in the first half, 10-0. Uh, so still a lot of football left to be played. But last time when it was in Miami, when uh, it was this background that I have, it's from that game. Uh, uh, last time the Super Bowl was in Miami. The one that, I've, that I have covered, they were down uh, by 10 in, I think it was in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter already, uh, when, uh, when the – Patrick Mahomes had that deep third down play to Tyreek Hill that got them rolling, and Jimmy G missed a, a receiver uh, open deep when he had a chance to to put it away. Uh, and then I even think about like uh, like when they had that game against the Texans in the AFC divisional round where they were down big early at Arrowhead and they had to come back. Uh, you know the Deshaun Watson Texans in like in 2019 uh, on that Super Bowl run. So I mean, yeah, th these are uh, come from behind type of cats and. Uh, They've uh, they've done it multiple times and uh, now a couple times in the Super Bowl. By the way, I'm I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the chat board while you're talking, and I got to give Sal, I think it is, a little love, because I'll, I'll rip you when you're saying something stupid, but I'm going to give you plenty of love when you deserve it. Uh, Sal put it, and he put it beautifully. Every QB is a system QB, but the great ones thrive when the system breaks down. Mm. Way to go, Sal. Way to go. That's a beautiful it, quote. That is that's, that's exactly because I was somebody was telling me that oh Purdy's a system QB. Everybody's a system QB, dude. It's just every player is a system QB, a system player. They can't play in every system. Now, do we have freaks that can do anything? George Kittle can play in any system. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, Mahomes can play in any system. You want to make him a running slash passing QB? He can do that. You want to make him a pure pocket passer? He can do that, but that's that's the fun that's the fun part, and that's why when I read that from Sal, you know, I I, I wanted to bring it up because I know I'm going to forget it, and a whole bunch of them will come in when we're done. But it's just funny how people use that lazy line of system 
when brother everybody that's kind of what the coach in the front office have to do they have to look at you at a play as a player and before they draft you they have to say oh okay yeah you fit our scheme you fit our system oh you don't and i gave the jamar fletcher example as a perfect one you drafted a zone corner for a man-on-man scheme oh i wonder why he failed <laughs> i wonder you know what i mean was it jamar fletcher's fault actually it wasn't because he became a serviceable backup uh zone corner okay he wasn't really a, a starter but he would play backup for a couple teams for a few years and so at least he found a home where he belonged and that's what i think people need to understand that in football everybody pretty much is is part of one kind of system or another yeah, and Jamar Fletcher drafted into the Dolphin system instead of uh, Drew Brees, of course. Uh, so, yeah, everyone plays it in, in a certain system. And I think, uh, well, yeah, well, it's sort of how people want to describe it when they say, okay, I don't think the player is as good as what we're seeing, but that the system brings the best out of him. But to your point, that's the whole uh, dynamic of a coach and a GM and uh, everyone just trying to work together in unison to uh, put the players that they bring in their personnel into the right system at the end of the day. So uh, yeah, then that means, okay, everyone's doing their job, right? Because you're drafting the right guys for what you're implementing on the field. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I get what people are saying when they say, it, but it's not like it's a knock on, on anyone. It shouldn't be uh, just because. You yeah, that's where you nailed it. Dude, yeah. that's where you're nailing it. They're using it as an insult and right. actually, it's not an insult. You're actually misusing the word. And that's the problem, that the person using it is not using it in the proper definition of it. And that uh, instead, they're using it as some kind of an insult when well, you, you couldn't have Montana play Marino's offense. It just, that's not who Montana was. Montana needed the West Coast spreading it out a lot of running game all those kind of things if if he had to you know drop back 45 times with no running game i don't know if joe's the same quarterback because that's not the system that you want to put him in you know what i'm saying just like you don't want to put Tua tongue of in lamar jackson's system because there's no way he can do anything like lamar jackson because nobody can do what lamar jackson does with the football running around you know what i mean so it's everybody's got a system that they fit in. And then, you know, there are a couple of those freaks that can play in any system. But really, those are very few players that actually can do it. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to get to that. I was starting right at, before you got to it. I was thinking we were on the same wavelength there to a tongue of Iloa in, in his system. Brock Purdy in a similar that Kyle Shanahan offense, uh, same that Mike McDaniel came from, Jackson, so, uh, similar ways, and then uh, a lot of people use it. But Lamar right, Jackson, right. yeah, and I'm getting to it. He, he could never do what Purdy does, ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people want to say, okay, well, Tua or Brock Purdy or insert whoever you want to say, any one you want to call a game manager, a system quarterback, et cetera, et cetera, then, oh, well, they can't. If you put them in Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills uh, offense, they're not going to do the same thing. If you put them in Lamar Jackson's uh, Baltimore Ravens offense, they're not going to do the same thing. But uh, Justin Herbert, whoever you want to say, well, yeah, you, you're not asking them to do those same things. And those are different quarterbacks with different skill sets. That That's why 
those offenses cater to what their skills are where okay yeah even josh allen yeah i mean he's otherworldly with his arm his his arm strength and then his uh, his running ability and uh and the things he does well then if you ask him to do some of the same things tua does he probably turns the ball over uh at at a high rate like we already i'm glad you brought up josh allen i am glad you brought up josh allen because ken dorsey changed the system on Josh Allen. And how did that work out, my friend? It didn't. Right. Played like shit. Why? Because you were trying to make him more of a pocket passer. And guess what Josh Allen isn't? He's not a pot. He can pass from the pocket, but you've got to use his legs. And that's what Dable was doing. And that's what Joe Brady went back to. Yeah. Again, systems. It's not a knock for those of you out there. It's actually a, def- a definition for each player. What system do they belong in? Where do they excel? Because they're not going to excel in some other places. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. If you're going to use Mostert as a hammer, brother, you're, he's not going to last a month. You know what I'm saying? But if you're going to use him on an outside, outside zone like, and you're only going to give him 15, 17 carries, now all of a sudden he fits that. He fits what he can, what you can, you want to do with him, but he's not a, a pounded every down back. That's not really what you want to do where he where he mostered. And at the end of the day, you're going to be judged by your career in the systems that you played in. Exactly. It's not like you know, no no one got into the Hall of Fame by okay, well he did this, but he could have also even done more if he was in another system. It's it, you're judged by what you do in the offense that you're in, and or if you're a defensive player and defense you're in. And uh, and just the fit that you are for that team. So ultimately, that's how you're going to be judged and how your career is going to go. All right, doggy. I mean, Brian Duker in. Um, Let's see. We got Madison out. We got uh, Mike Judge, Colby Smith, Ricardo Allen, Joe Casper, Kenny Baker, Brendan Farrell, uh, Campanelli, Ronaldo Hill. Uh, so it looks like uh, some changes on offense because obviously they brought in the, the guy from Hawaii to be uh, – he's also kind of an O-line coach, which I thought that was very interesting, uh, Sapolo. Uh, but what would you think of some of the changes that the uh, new defensive coordinator is making? Yeah, interesting. So now – oh, yeah, Ronaldo Hill. I, I don't know if you uh, uh, named him. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Ronaldo Hill out along with – so that's what uh, – that's Duker's position now is that secondary coach and pass game coordinator. So uh, now he's in the, this is a promotion for him. Uh, he was just DB's coach for the Detroit Lions. Uh, and uh, Weaver goes back uh, with him to, uh, to actually uh, 2015 with the Cleveland Browns. So sort of uh, uh, Weaver's two-year stint, Cleveland Browns defensive line coach. 2014, Mike McDaniel was on that staff. He, that ends up being that connection. And then the next year, McDaniel's not there anymore. He's with Atlanta. But then uh, Duker is a, a defensive intern on uh, that staff uh, with Weaver. So interesting how that comes almost a, a full decade later. So uh, that's the connection there. So uh, a big jump for him. And then, yeah, I mean, beloved Sam Madison uh, no, no longer around. So um, he already had sort of like a, it was a slight demotion last year when Ronaldo Hill came in and he was that secondary coach, pass game coordinator. So uh, Madison was just a cornerbacks coach at that point. And then he had the pass game specialist uh, title along with it. But um, and then uh, now Madison out. So 
Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't know much about Duke. Or we are going to uh, hear from uh, Weaver this week. Uh, so uh, we'll finally get introduced to him, and uh, that'll be a good time to ask him. Uh, really nail down the scheme that he wants to, which we've talked about here. It's also going to come down to the players and how the personnel uh, ends up shaping out throughout he the offseason. Tell you. That day when you guys ask him, we'll the, prediction, the prediction is, hey, we're going to we're gonna adjust and we're going to do things depending on what personnel we have and who we're facing. And he's going to give you that general bullshit question because there's no way he's going to tell you and and define who he's going to. I just don't see that. Yeah. But you can get some general ideology uh, out of a guy, uh, especially when – well, his one stint as as a defensive coordinator it was a very aggressive defense, and then now he's been uh, on uh, more of the opposite uh, in recent years uh, in Baltimore. So under Mike McDonald, at least. So um, you know, we know Wink Martindale. He was uh, he was more blitz heavy like him. Uh, so yeah, where does his ideology in general, whether it's blitz rate, the man versus zone, the single high safety, uh, the two high safety looks, all those things, and um, I don't know how specific he'll get, but uh, we might get some general uh, philosophical uh, ideas out of him. Last year we did – I mean, we know Vic Fangio, who he is, but, you know, you had some quotes out of him, like, as far as the blitz rate, we knew it was going to be different from Josh Boyer the year before, and he said, yeah, you know, I, I prefer to dictate when we blitz as opposed to doing it out of necessity. So there's some things you, you get out of that uh, first introductory press conference with the coordinator. Well, with Fangio's different because you have a track record of yeah. – of, of doing it this guy's new at this yeah and so and, and he's inheriting a new team and so that's one thing that i'd like to see how he handles it because usually when you inherit you're not going to get everybody you really need first for you know in your first shot so it'll be interesting to see how he plays you know certain guys yeah you know it, it is um it's kind of sad to see sam madison go yeah i gotta tell you yeah, but uh, yeah. It, it seems clear he's not shy about uh, implementing what he wants, uh, the guys that he wants to bring in. Uh, because, yeah, even like guys who were beloved from the, whether it's Sam Madison, the previous staff, and uh, you know Anthony Campanelli, now who was up for the defensive coordinator job as an internal candidate two years running, then, uh, you know, now he's gone. So, uh, you know, clearly, and maybe that's on, on him as well, on Campanelli, just seeing, okay, two straight years, I'm not able to move up within this franchise. Let me go somewhere else. That could have been part of it as well. So now probably is very understanding when it's Vic Fangio, a guy who has entered Miami with 19 years as defensive coordinator and three years as a head coach on and on and that resume. But then maybe that next time when the position comes up and then it's another uh, young up and coming coach that's uh, around his same age. And, um, you know, I could see how at that point uh, as an assistant coach, you're like, man, I got to, uh, you know, find my uh, my happiness elsewhere. Yep. Uh, so, David Ferronis, who covers the Miami Dolphins on a daily basis, the first move in free agency will be what? First move in free agency. Let's see. Well, if it's not going to be Christian Wilkins, because we've already on this program have moved past that. You've made it clear <laughs> he's not coming back. Right. No. Uh, yeah, then, uh, I mean, I would prioritize uh, Robert Hunt. I think he's going to be one of the top guards in in this league. So I would like to have him back, especially. But, I mean, that would make you a great right side of the line for years to come since you already have uh, Austin Jackson there uh, solidified for three uh, the next three years. If you get Rob Hunt in, in the fold, 
Uh, he's got fewer questions right now. He did have the hamstring injury late last season, but going back from that, right, it's not an ACL injury like Connor Williams has. And then, you know, Teron Armstead on the left side is getting up there in age, and he's even contemplating retirement. I think he'll be back. But um, I, I feel like that would be uh, the, the uh, top priority is uh, keep something that you already have strong and then – uh, you'll free up some money if uh, if Christian Wilkins indeed is gone, and uh, with uh, the restructures and other things you can do, uh, so that that might be might end up being the the biggest uh, maybe free agency move. But maybe there's a big trade or something that can be pulled off. Uh, you know, you know how these things develop. It's just. It, it, no one was predicting Jalen Ramsey at the same time right. last year. No one was predicting Tyreek Hill at the same time the, two years ago. So uh, things just pop up. So uh, it, it'll be really exciting. Yeah, Greer, McKenzie, and Allen are always uh, they're always working it. So you you never know what those guys are up to and who they're talking to right now. Yeah, uh, about it maybe a free agent that could become available. But I love your thinking on the Rob Hunt thing. I think Rob is one of those guys that definitely gets re-signed and you definitely need him uh and he's a guy you can build on for years to come he's been a really really good player, man i've been really impressed with him uh overall with rob and, and it almost becomes kind of a decision between uh rob hunt and christian wilkins because if you're not using those funds on wilkins then i mean make sure you bring rob hunt back you don't want uh a, a lot of your better players from the previous years uh, leaving your, your program, especially when you're in this win-now window, uh, especially if, and if you're not uh, uh, replenishing that talent with uh, other top-tier talent because they're going to be strapped uh, for cash as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it almost it, it's kind of like you're not going to let both of those guys go. Uh, and then if we're deciding, yeah, Christian Wilkins might have priced himself out, then Rob Hunt becomes – already was a priority but becomes, like, really – priority 1a all right what do you got going on the sun sentinel so folks can check you out my friends yeah just tracking any news um uh and uh, anthony weaver press conference this week so uh i'll be uh, we'll be introduced to uh to him and uh so uh, i'll be uh covering all of that this week all right follow him on twitter at david Ferronis underscore and of course call my friends at welt and realm jeff welt he is a stud he's happy right now jeff welt is happy because He's got a lot of Bitcoin, and he sees it going up to 49000 He's happy. But listen, if you got some issues, bankruptcy, homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury, and Jeff is awesome. He loves his music. So you can talk music with him and crypto if you want. Wealth and Realm, baby, 954-966-4646. David, appreciate you, my man. We'll catch up later on the week. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sir. You got it. Welt and Raom, Miami Dolphins report.